back into the Clay Edwards Show. We're live here in the Mack Hike of Flowood Studios. And I want to thank Mike for calling in on the Dustin Bailey at Southern Magnolia's Realty phone line there and giving his testimony this morning. Because that was a question that I, I have for for our friend Drew this morning, too, was about uh, the medical marijuana and prescription meds and all of that stuff. But I'm going to tell you, I know you guys are calling in and want to chat this morning. We're going to hold off on calls till the second hour. Uh, so, Derek, give us a call back at the uh, second hour. This segment is going to be brought to you by Guns and Gear. Get out and see... Hunter and the team right there on Highway 51 in Gluckstadt, right next to Little Willie's Barbecue. That's Guns and Gear. You can shop them 365, 24-7 at GunsAndGearMS.com. They're the home of No Limit Ammo. they got a bunch of them big, scary AR-15s available. And they also do gunsmithing and Cerakoting. So check them out online. And I'm telling you, it's one of the best follows on Facebook because they had to tap dance around Facebook's gun rules. So they post a recipe of the day. And it's got a picture of a gun and a recipe for food. It's quite interesting what they do to, to get around uh, community standard violations. Yeah. Facebook jail. <laughs> anyway, check them out at gunsandgearms.com or just go in the store, Guns and Gear. Get, uh, go break bread with folks that, that uh, support you. They support us. We support them. That's Guns and Gear. And, of course, our Guns and Gear text line, if you want to communicate this morning, that may be the best way to go, 769 241 1944 and uh drew we've actually gotten a few texts this morning people are saying very uh, inspiring show so all right you know it's always a always a good way to get things going all right so let's start kind of at the beginning for you man when how did you let's see here how did you get into the drug stuff or or, or whatnot i mean there's like the, the path to addiction is something I've, I've done some research on and it's like step one is initiation, step two, experience, three is regular usage, four is uh, risky usage, five, dependence, six, addition, addiction, seven, crisis treatment. Well, the, I, I've, I've heard this said before how most addiction starts with pleasure seeking and ends with pain avoidance. And that's pretty much it for me. Yeah. I had a, a fantastic childhood. Both of my, my parents were married until my father died. They came home when they were supposed to come home. They did not drink to excess or do drugs. No abuse. You know, it was a lot like Leave it to Beaver and Mayberry for me growing up in Yazoo City. Uh, I smoked some weed in high school, took some pills here or there. Um, and it, it didn't really become a problem like it would later on in life for a long time. And then, I, you know, I kind of limped through life and I had insurance and I was blowing up the doctors and I got good pain medicine and I do have some legit back problems and I was, you know, maxing out what I could get, uh, have ADD, I got Adderall and you know, all that. A little Molotov cocktail of Adderall and, and yeah. more sets. Look, I remember the I, I I was off of all stimulants for a long, long time, and then when I was in law school, I got a prescription for Adderall, and I remember where I was the first morning when it kicked in, and I thought this is the this is where it's at. It just opened up a whole new world. Yeah, I mean, I thought I can see the Matrix. I understand on levels heretofore. Uh, you know, unrealized by most law students. It's like a, like a genius pill. Yeah. So, uh, 
you know, eventually the Adderall kind of turned on me, as do most stimulants. They will, they'll cause you to kind of go crazy. Uh, and then, you know, I, you know, would abuse this, that, or the other. And then I got a divorce and did not deal with that in any kind of healthy way. And I ended up hanging out with people I shouldn't have been hanging out with. And this guy shows up and he's like, man, I've got some meth. And I was like, you know, I've done Coke a handful of times. You know, let's try this. And he's not the same thing. They're not the same thing. So he, you know, puts it out on the table and I do, I snort a couple lines of it. And I thought, yeah, I don't know what the big deal is. You know, I wait five minutes. I'm like, I, I just don't get it. And then five minutes after that, I knew I had made the worst mistake of my whole life because I loved it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's addictive for a reason. It feels good. And I went from never having seen meth to uh, injecting it a couple months later. I mean, you know, I'm sure there are well-to-do people in Madison that drive fancy Tahoes that do meth, but they weren't the people I was doing it with. You know, you go to where the meth is, you buy the meth from the people that, that sell it. And, you know, they're not well, looking out. People. Yeah. I mean, they're not out for your for your benefit. No, it was the same thing. I I remember sitting in my old house out at Wendell Road, and we were, you know, for whatever reason, the 12 people in there, however many it was, always liked to find the smallest room in the house. To, to, to do the drugs and i just got to looking around one day and I, I this was kind of the beginning of the end for me i got to looking around i was like i would not be in this room with a single one of these human beings the corrupt community yeah if it was not for the drugs i said not not to be not to go all i'm better than but i'm better than this I, i'm not doing this and that was kind of the within about 30 days i i found oh, look, how many times was i holed up in some yeah. trap house thinking this is an absolute tangible reflection of your horrible life choices. And I always wondered, did the people in there that were further into their situation than I am, did they ever feel the same way? You know, like I, like the, a lot of the, the, the really the trap house leaders, the people that have been were, were regulars, they, they always seemed like they were worse than what I was. So I, so I wondered if that's just how we as addicts look at other people that are doing it too. It's like, well, as long as I'm not as bad as them, like there's a floor or do they look at me and say, as long as I'm not as bad as him? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you always want to find that one person that's way worse than you so that you, by comparison, are better. You yeah. Know, some way to spackle over your misery. <laughs> I like that. All right, so you got into the meth. Within, within a couple of months, you were shooting up. Shooting up. And then, you know, once you begin IV drug use, uh, which is, I mean, it is attractive and appealing because it is the mode of administration that gets you the highest, the fastest. And, you know, once you do that, I mean, most meth people stick with meth people and they do meth things, you know, yeah. they make lists, they and, make and, lists and, and they take things apart and, yeah. you know, they have DeWalt drills and map gas and they're just kind of tinkering around and looking for the not cleaning anything. Not, yeah. No, I mean, looking for the spy material that the DEA has got for you. <laughs> like, look, nobody cares what you're doing. <laughs> They're not devoting those resources to you, but to you, you know they are. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. them. So eventually I end up uh, getting turned on to Delauded, which is a – you don't hear as much about it in the news, but it is an, a pretty high-powered opiate, and it is uh, easily injectable without a lot of fanfare, yeah. no filtering, none of that. I've and, seen it destroy as many lives as as meth, if not more. I mean, I, I know a girl that I used to date back in my nightclub days who got to banging Delauden and 
I mean, she she went from being a pretty decent girl to living up and down the Highway 80 hotels, and it happened quick. Yeah, it doesn't take long. It absolutely doesn't take long. Uh, and then you can, you know, you can mix and inject at the same time meth and Dilaudid and a, a speedball. Yeah, I mean, you'll you'll think you touch God's face, and yeah. it it feels real good, and it's real problematic for drug addicts. Yeah, it's a, just a Molotov cocktail. I hate to keep using that word, but I mean that's what it is. You know, it's like how explosive can I make this thing? And that's oh look, and, and I was that's in a, where you get the madness of what happens once you begin using drugs like that. Like everything that you know that keeps you from making bad decisions during the day, that filter's gone. I was in a car wreck one time. I ran into a parked car in the middle of the night and uh, fled in this wrecked car. And I think to myself, you might really be hurt, you know, and I was as high as could be. And I end up at St. Dominic. How I didn't get a DUI is just God's grace, I guess. And I snuck out of the ER, the port that they had put in my arm, because I thought, I'm not going to have to have the, you know, attempting to shoot up is a hassle. Especially if you're dehydrated, if you've been real high for a long time, it's hard to find a vein, that kind of, and I snuck the port out. Like I put a coat over my arm and the nurse came in and said, I'm ready to help you, you know, get ready. And I was like, oh, the other nurse just already already did that. And so I was using that port to inject drugs. And then I eventually thought after a couple of days, this is, this can't be hygienic. You know, even though I was, I was being pretty careful, you know, I had alcohol prep pads and all that. And I thought, so I took the port out, and then I got uh, a blood clot in my arm and ended up having to go to the, I mean, I thought my arm was going to, it was, it was hyper painful. And I thought, you've, this is yet another tangible reflection of your horrible life choices. And, you know, I persisted in my folly for a couple of years after that. You know. um, let me go back to the beginning real quick. The, the Adderall. And I, I, I'm going to bring this home for parents listening right now we got a lot of people with the kids in the cars that listen on the way to school and parents if your child is on Adderall I'm not saying run and get them off Adderall hear me out here I'm saying watch it (laughs) watch it watch it more people that ended up on meth in the circle I ran in started with prescriptions to Adderall that they worked their way to Meth. Well, I've look, if, if Adderall is a Honda Accord, meth is a Ferrari. Yeah. I mean, that's how I've always kind of described those things. But, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to tell somebody they can or can't take it. I'm just saying yeah. be aware that it's dangerous. Well, there's no tweener drug between Adderall and meth. It's – because I've watched it happen so many times. Somebody who's addicted to Adderall, well, I'm out, and then somebody else say – well, I mean, look, I know this probably ain't your thing, but I got this meth. It's not as bad as people say it is. If you want to just try this and, hey, you know, I'll never tell nobody. And next thing you know, three months later, they're, they're, they're well, got yeah, a needle it, hanging out their arm on, on Highway 80. And your receptors are already kind of primed for that. Yeah. You know, they're, they like that kind you know, of thing. You start coming down from the crash of not having Adderall. You feel like crap. You're like, well, will this make me feel better? And so the guy, the, the bad influence is going to be like, yes, oh, yeah, it's going to make you feel great. Look, the bottom line is you cannot be prescribed enough Adderall for what you're going to do with it. 
No, exactly. Like you are going to run out. Yeah, all right, look, let's take our last break of the first hour here. This is the Clay Edwards Show. Joined in studio by Drew Hassan uh, with the Recovery Lab podcast. We're talking about addiction, recovery, and getting Drew's testimonial here. We'll be right back on 103.9 WYAB. Clay Edwards Show. I'm joined here by Drew Hassan with the Recovery Lab podcast. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll save the advertising stuff for the next segment here. I don't want to waste any time. Uh, with Drew. Drew, I got a call during the break and just made an amazing point on the <clears throat> on the um, Dustin Bailey at Southern Magnolia's Realty phone line. And he said, Clay, how many people do you think have their kids on an Adderall prescription so they can take it? It'd be an alarmingly high number. I mean, once, uh, you know, just like with regular run-of-the-mill drug addicts, when you find a doctor that's willing to prescribe whatever because little Johnny, quote-unquote, can't sit still or little Susie's having a hard time. I mean, they they tell all their friends. I mean, the, the prevalence of Adderall abuse is significant. Oh, there's a shortage right now, or there was a few months ago, there was a shortage on Adderall. Is there really? Yeah. I mean, I've heard some people talking about it and I was like, well, that's a good thing. That is a good thing. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're giving it, there's no reason for somebody to be getting a, uh, to be prescribed a four thirty milligram, Adderall a day. That's a lot. I mean, it really is. I mean, I, you see it, and, and they make them to break in quarters anyway. Well, yeah. they have the time release, and they yeah. have the yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I'm not a medical professional by no means, but I just I just know the path of destruction I've seen a lot of people take, and it, it all starts on that same street. Well, you know, doctors are, are are engineered in a way to be taken advantage of because as a medical doctor, I mean, part of your thing is the belief that pharmaceuticals can benefit and i'm certainly not saying they're not if i cut my hand i'm going to take an antibiotic if i you know i'm not anti-medication i am anti-abuse potential in well when when you're prescribing people stuff without a safety net without an eject an eject seat like painkillers and they've gotten a lot better about that but all that's done is create a black market for look this is a this could be the topic for a podcast that's a thousand hours long yeah. about you know should we decriminalize? Well, the the war on drugs has been a failure of sorts, uh, and we'll get to all that. Let's take this break here because we got about ten seconds left, and this is way too deep to dive into. Okay, we'll be back live in the Mac Hike of Flowood Studios. This is the Clay Edwards Show with Drew Hassan. See you shortly. Thanks for listening. Tune in tomorrow at 7 a.m. as the Clay Edwards Show discusses all that is going on in and around the city of Jackson. This concludes our broadcast day. Right here on 103.9 WYAB.